Hello, my friends. Hope everyone is doing well. As always, I greet you with immense gratitude in my heart to even have the opportunity to sit here and have this conversation with you. I hope you feel it in my voice. Together in community and talk about health is extremely high vibes, so let's run with that today. Before we begin, always know that you can watch our podcast on YouTube. Plus, there are a ton of other great videos there, and all you have to do is search Nurse Doza, so please subscribe. And if you're more partial to TikTok or Instagram, our handle there is Nurse Doza, in which I am sharing many videos on the daily. Today we are talking about PCOS and lifestyle changes those individuals can make to increase their quality of life. What is PCOS? Polycystic ovarian syndrome. Most women have heard this before, if not, they've experienced it. Because PCOS is the most common endocrine issue in reproductive women, which means that all the fertile women across the world most likely will encounter some form of PCOS throughout their lifetime. PCOS is a combination of hormone imbalances mixed with inflammation. Things like testosterone and insulin will be increased most likely in PCOS individuals. 85% of women with PCOS will suffer from insulin resistance. This is according to the Mayo Clinic. So we need to make sure that we understand exactly what we're dealing with when it comes to PCOS and also that there are some things that can be done about it. Today, we're going to give some hope to those women dealing with this condition, so please take notes. Class is in session. The first thing someone with PCOS should be doing is tracking their monthly cycle. Now, PCOS is an interesting development. You can actually have this in women at a very early age, maybe in the teenage years, 20 years of age, sometimes 30. And I see this in labs all the time. And I've ordered labs on any person that's tried to come in this clinic, I mean, I just tell them like, you should get your labs done because it's just going to tell you more about how your body functions. Well, PCOS is an interesting hormone imbalance. And you think about whether or not it's, that's a real thing. PCOS is a hormone imbalance, which is a very real thing. And what happens is it very real, really, it really affects uh, the menstrual cycle. And one of the big issues with PCOS is infertility and irregular periods. So with PCOS, tracking your cycle, I know women do already, but I'm really thinking about, let's take this a step further. I don't want you to just look it out on your calendar and just say, okay, here are the days I had my period and that's it. I want you to think more in depth. I want you to track the duration of it. I want you to track uh, the pain and discomfort that you had with your cycle. If there was clotting, if there was cramps, if it was heavier, if it was lighter, all these things matter because if you come into the clinic, I'm going to ask you the same things. I heard a long time ago that our, the monthly cycle is a reflection of that woman's month. It's a report card. A monthly report card that tells you what's going on with your lifestyle and how your body's responding to it. PCOS is an inflammatory response because lifestyle could be a contributing factor. So if you think about, well, how many nights are you staying up late? fast food, alcohol, if you're not aware of that, you're definitely aware of what's going on with your cycle and you will track that. So the number one thing you're doing if you have PCOS is you're tracking your monthly cycle and you're making, I don't know, a spreadsheet of it if you need to, but something that tells you how the trends are developing and if they're improving because at the same time, 
let's say that you do develop a plan to help address your PCOS because a lot of women on this podcast uh, are going to want some kind of option, a solution, something to, to try today. Well, this is the first thing you do today. You track your cycle. And I know you already do, but you really track it, right? Track all the stuff we talked about before. Another thing that is fantastic for PCOS is to also track your hormones. And you do that in lab work. When you're able to track your cycle at home, you come into the clinic, I can order labs on you, and then I can tell you what's really going on while your cycle is, is occurring monthly. Because if I see clotting or I hear about clotting, you know, increased bleeding, whatnot, cramps, we know something's going on. Now, to diagnose PCOS, an ultrasound is usually done, but you might not always get an ultrasound. You might not get it as much as you want. And if you think about labs, you'll get labs a lot. A lot of practitioners order labs, general practitioners, family practice, endocrinologists, OBGYNs. Your life insurance has lab work. But I want you to track hormones because if PCOS is a hormone issue, you have to see the hormone imbalance and see which hormones are thrown off and do something about those hormones. Because one hormone goes up, the other one goes down, it's a domino effect. Hormone imbalances means there's several hormones involved. And with PCOS, it's not just one hormone. Estrogen is directly affected. However, insulin and the adrenal glands play a direct role in PCOS. So that's what I want to look at in labs. The first lab I think you should look at is your insulin. I mean, the Mayo Clinic says PCOS and insulin resistance go hand in hand. And they expect it almost. I want you to understand that you don't have to gain weight to have insulin resistance. You can have insulin resistance after the first couple of months of eating fast food in college or when you're a teenager. PCOS doesn't have to just come from fast food. I can make the case that PCOS and birth control have a direct connection. And if you think about birth control and you've ever taken birth control, that's directly suppressed your estrogen, made you infertile. That's what it's supposed to do. But if you're also eating poorly and you're staying up at night too long, it's draining your adrenal glands. It's spiking your insulin. Yeah, I would also check your estrogen too. All these things are on the list of things I would look at with PCOS. Right? It's a multidisciplinary approach. I want to see what all the hormones are doing. You can make the case to even check your testosterone. High testosterone levels are found sometimes in PCOS, a lot of times. But that's what I started noticing is that when you order all these hormones on a, a, a lady with PCOS, all these hormones are off. So you have to look at all of them, and then you also have to order the labs again to see if everything worked, to see if things are heading in the right direction, if things are getting balanced. And that's why I'm a big proponent of yearly labs. And if you have hormone issues, do it twice a year. A supplement that I see great improvement upon for those taking PCOS is resveratrol. Resveratrol is one of my favorite supplements. I recommend it. To everyone it's a supplement that helps with your cells it helps with longevity in the PCOS world it can help with things like insulin it can help with the adrenal glands I have studies that show that resveratrol will decrease an overactive adrenal gland and it helps promote insulin regulation and remember I told you that PCOS is an insulin issue and it's an adrenal issue well, those are two things that really need support throughout life, not just when you have PCOS. 
And in fact, actually, if you were trying to prevent PCOS, which I don't think is ever taught to females, you imagine how would you prevent PCOS? How would you even keep that from happening if you're a teenage female, right? If you're sitting there in class and they're saying, yeah, there's this horrible thing called PCOS. It's going to cause your cycles to be off and it might make you infertile and you're like 20 years old. You're like, well, I don't want that to happen. What do I do? What they were saying is that you should probably look at, you know, lifestyle modifications and see where that goes. But here's the thing. No one was accounting for birth control being a, playing a role with PCOS. No one really directly says cheeseburgers and deep fried foods and sodas directly cause PCOS. But I will say they do. I will tell you that. If And we will see this on TikTok. We'll see this on YouTube. We'll see this on our podcast. We have comments from tons of people with PCOS. And when I say PCOS, I'm saying it's, they're dealing with it and there's no issue. There's no hope. They're asking, what do I do about this? Like, no one's told me what to do. I have this every month and it's really getting worse. And I've met, I've met women who like kneel over, like they double down with, in pain whenever their monthly cycle happens because the PCOS menstrual cramps are so bad, it causes them to go to the ER because they're in so much pain. And if they go to the ER, they'll either give them a bag of IV fluids or they'll give them like a shot, you know, Toradol. Maybe they'll give them a steroid, you know, something for the pain. Something to get them out of the inflammation right now, but they're not going to solve the PCOS. They're going to say, good luck, uh, you know, go follow up with your OBGYN or your doctor. And then if you go to, you know, to the doctor, there's a few things that are normally discussed with PCOS, right? Lifestyle modifications. We know about the connection between insulin resistance and insulin resistance and the connection in obesity. And, and I mean, I read some stat the other day, like 70% of the world is obese, something like that, which is incredible. And if you think obesity and insulin resistance go hand in hand, consider this too. With the adrenals and insulin, these are just something that's happening every single day, regardless of whether the person has diabetes, insulin resistance, has adrenal issues, PCOS, regardless. Like you need adrenal function. You need insulin to work. When it goes haywire is when you develop things like PCOS and medicine will label this, right? They'll label polycystic ovarian syndrome which means there's a cyst, like fluid, a bag of fluid that's growing outside of your ovaries and it's getting bigger, it's getting more inflamed, right? It's, it's an infl inflammation of the ovaries, both sides even, right? If you can regulate your insulin and control your adrenal glands better, you will have less inflammation around your ovaries involving the cysts. That is what's been shown over the years. So every functional medicine practitioner, every naturopath, every practitioner out there that wants to go with a more natural holistic approach knows about resveratrol that nothing there's nothing new about resveratrol you just be thinking about resveratrol to say okay if it does all these things why wouldn't i take this like why wouldn't i take resveratrol you want more incentive go get the resveratrol we have it's called mitochondria mswnutrition.com it's great Another practice I really love for people with PCOS is cold exposure. Cold exposure has been used for decades, if not centuries, to help with health. Cold exposure has been shown to help with hormone balance. Remember, PCOS is a hormone imbalance. You want to make sure that you balance the hormones. A great way to do it is to reset your metabolism, right? And you think about hormone therapy, hormone replacement therapy, you think about PCOS being insulin resistance, maybe adrenal issues, overactivation of the adrenals. 
your body definitely needs a metabolic reset if you're dealing with those issues. Cold exposure is one of the quickest ways to kind of jolt your nervous system and get everything back on track. I mean, go outside and go walk around in 30 degree weather for just a few seconds. Tell me if that doesn't wake you up. And if you think about cold exposure, I'm talking the shivering, right? Where you go outside and you are freezing, right? You're, you're shivering to warm your body up. That's the cold exposure I want you to do. And if you live in a place that doesn't get that cold, there's plenty of ways to do that. I mean, I've walked into Costco recently and Sam's and I, there's walk-in freezers there. You could walk in the back for one to two minutes, enough to shiver. You got to take the jacket off and shiver because when you shiver, what it does is it promotes brown fat around your belly, around your organs. And I found years ago that cold exposure promotes brown fat around in our body and brown fat has been tied to longer life. And I say it that way because let's say you have PCOS, your life is not looking all that great <laughs> and it, it, your hormones are off and if you don't get them in order, like other stuff's going to happen. So if you had to do something drastic for your PCOS and you're like, what could I do? I'll do anything. I'm like, go freeze, like go stand in the freezer section for a couple minutes, do it two, three times a week if you can. You know, if you're in a freezing altitude or temperature, go out there and shiver. The brown fat activation that you get from shivering helps promote hormone regulation, which then will help you with things like PCOS. I'm not saying it's going to cure, prevent, diagnose, you know, what it, we know that. What's going to happen is it helps with inflammation. It helps with higher production of healthy hormones that respond better to stress, right? A multidisciplinary approach. When you get cold exposure, you have to focus on your breath. You have to focus on your heart, heart breathing, or your heart rate, your breathing, your, your, your state of shock at that moment, right? You have to downregulate how, how scared you are because you're shivering and you don't know how you're going to calm down. All of that promotes healthy regulation of your insulin. All of that might spike your adrenaline at first, but then your body will counteract and will respond better in the adversity in the face of, uh, of stress later. This is, this is why I think cold exposure is great. Besides the mental fortitude, it's the idea that it's literally going to help balance out inflammation and hormones. You should be doing it for your PCOS. Cold plunges. I mean, there's look into it. One thing every person with PCOS should include in their diet is fasting. Fasting is something that you should consider at one point in your life. And when I say fasting, I'm not saying starving. I'm saying fasting. There's a big difference. Fasting, in the medical terms, is known as caloric restriction. Caloric restriction is intentionally decreasing the amount of calories you consume on a daily basis with the intent that it's going to help restore metabolism. That's caloric-restricted diets. And we talked about this before in insulin resistance podcasts with weight loss podcasts. We mentioned this in the Nurse Doza newsletter. When you fast, you activate certain parts of your cells and your metabolism that allow you to function better. And with PCOS, it's an insulin problem, it's an adrenal problem, it's inflammation, you know, it's, it's ovaries. When you fast, you allow your body to self-correct. Fasting allows your body to detox and to reset your metabolism, period. Eating does not. Eating does not allow your body to reset its metabolism. If anything, eating fuels metabolism into something worse. Fast food, 
eating at the wrong times, all these things throw off our insulin. Every time that you consume food, your insulin goes up a little bit. Wear a glucose monitor. See how much watermelon increases your blood sugar. See how much a protein bar increases your sugar. And if you think about how much we're eating throughout the day, we're increasing our insulin and blood sugar together. And when that happens, it causes a cascade of events. For someone with PCOS, the last thing they need to do is eat three to four meals a day. If anything, a person with PCOS, I can make the claim that according to their lab work, I can see that one, their insulin's already resistant. It's too high, which means their metabolism's off. There's inflammation. And then if I check their leptin levels, you've heard me talk about leptin all the time. Leptin is usually high in PCOS people, right? So if you say PCOS, le leptin, insulin issues, adrenal issues, all the same thing, fasting helps all of that simply by not eating the right way. When you go into a fast, 24 hours, 36 hour fast, it's doable for everyone. You just have to do it the right way. You have to eat healthy fat going into the fast. Right? And I'm saying like you have to eat avocado fat, you have to eat chicken fat, salmon fat, beef jerky. These things minimally raise your blood sugar, minimally raise your insulin, but what it does is it makes you full longer because fat cholesterol is a slow burning energy compared to carbohydrate energy. With PCOS, the diet that you should not be on is a high carb diet because that will fuel your PCOS and make it worse because carbs are sugar. Carbs spike your insulin. So think about a fast food diet. Think about a typical you know, processed diet. That's what's making your PCOS worse. If your doctor or your practitioner hasn't talked to you about your diet yet, I will do that. You should change your diet. In fact, take it a step further. If you think keto, you think paleo, that's fine. If that's the stepping stool you need to get to an anti-inflammatory approach, the best anti-inflammatory diet out there is a fasting diet. One that goes 24 to 36 hours in a caloric restrictive model that helps promote insulin sensitivity. It reduces anabolic levels of testosterone and leptin. And it helps regulate cellular metabolism. This is all from research here. That's what fasting does. Imagine your PCOS or even your health improves the less you eat. It's backwards from everything that we were talked about growing up, even in my nutritional courses. When we were taught nutrition, we were taught eat real food, right? Food is your medicine. I still believe that to this day. What I'm saying now, fasting is medicine, not eating is medicine. But when you choose to eat, that is another form of medicine. And if you think about all the things out there that are designed to help you and your hormones, especially if you have PCOS, there's not a lot of medications out there that will directly help contribute. Well, imagine if you're going out of your way to do something about it. Going something out, you're doing something to reset your hormones, reset your metabolism, make yourself healthier. There are things you can do. I don't want you to give up hope. I know people get frustrated all the time. They say, my practitioner won't order these labs for me. The practitioner doesn't listen to me. I'm listening to you. And all of this podcast is based off the idea that we heard you. I still hear you. I hear this every day. I'm going to hear it again tomorrow. Someone with PCOS is going to come in and say, I need help with my PCOS. And I'm going to tell them the exact same thing. I'm going to say, fasting, you should consider it. Resveratrol, you should consider it. You should track your hormones. You should track your monthly cycle. 
All these things are important. Cold exposure. Go jump in a cold plunge. I'll go do it with you. Make something accommodate to your lifestyle right now and then improve on it every other month. Every month. Every week if you want to. If you want to do something about your PCOS, I think you're motivated enough, especially if you listen to this whole thing. I think you can do it. I know you can do it. All right? I mean, I've seen it done all the time. I've seen successful people with PCOS. Women have gotten fertile later and had kids. I've seen it happen. All right? They did what was needed. And you can too. That resveratrol supplement, I make no mistakes about supplements. I think they're incredible. Our mitochondriac has our resveratrol. Go use code Nurse Doza. Make that an addition, a supplement to your lifestyle changes that you're going to make after hearing this podcast. Take those notes, implement it. I know you can do this. Until next time, class is concluded. See you next time. Keep working on your health.